Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Asama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Asama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Asama Sambuddhasa Buddhang Dhammang Sanghang Namasami This looks familiar. Didn't we just do this recently? <laughs> it's a good thing I don't get too caught up with all these talks. Uh, so I thought I'd give a background. You know how Dhamma talks are in the forest tradition, right? We're not, at least in the Ajahn Chao tradition anyway. We're not encouraged to uh, do too much prep for it. You know, it isn't about going through, you know, the... Uh, Paticca Samapada, dependent origination, is about going through some Dhamma points. It's really, um, we're kind of uh, being conditioned, trained, encouraged to see what arises. Sometimes a good Dhamma talk is not about the speaker, actually. Ajahn Chah even spoke about it. Sometimes a good Dhamma comes about because actually the listener is ready. Because Ajahn Chah, or even Ajahn Brahm, who gives really good talks, he says, sometimes... He's like raring to go to talk, but then um, for some reason there's like the energy out there that's not ready to receive it, so the talk doesn't become very deep. Other times he can be very tired, and then he comes out with really deep and powerful talks. So um, um, in terms of the Dhamma talks, it's the, um, the point is just to, to really sit, um, open, your, mar- open your, ha- your heart, open your mind, and see what arises. Sometimes it may not uh, sink in. By the times you'll see that, oh, okay, um, maybe it didn't seem like it was a very important Dhamma talk, but then other times you reflect on it, and you're like, oh, okay, okay. That's what he was talking about. So it's about just um, experiencing Dhamma in real time, about being present, and then uh, allowing things to flow in, about just truly listening, without commenting, judging, you like this, you don't like this, just to see what happens. And then let it all rest. Let it all sink into your heart. And then when the time is right, um, the teaching will, become, will manifest. You'll see. And uh, so, so, so much of the Dhamma talk, it's, uh, I feel it's not about what I say verbally as well. So much of it is just the intention. And, you know, hopefully my intention is to... Uh, to encourage, to inspire, to excite, to, uh, to offer something that is useful by different ways. And, uh, and mostly, yeah, just to, uh, um, to reaffirm for most people that uh, you know, this path is a path of joy and happiness. It's a path of uh, uh, worthy, of uh, highest aspiration. And it's a path that brings happiness each and every way, each and every day, each and every... It doesn't matter where you're at the path. You don't have to wait until you get your great samadhi experience. You don't have to wait until you get your stream entry experience, or that may be, and then be happy. Really cultivate a sense of contentment, appreciation, just happy, just be walking the path. Enjoy, enjoy the beauty, enjoy the peace, the camaraderie uh, with uh, 
your fellow workers along the path. And um, yeah, so I, not that I want to offer it. I give a talk every single day and it doesn't bother me because it's just whatever rising comes up. Usually just going through the list of things I have to do or something. Usually something about chores. So today some practical real life stuff I thought I might bring up is um, this thing we do in the forest tradition that Chen Chayasarov talked about. It's called Brassoing the Back of the Buddha. So it's about this idea of uh, doing what needs to be done, but without in a way that is uh, in front. Because, you know, that's what they're saying. Everybody wants to shine Buddha in the front, shine his head, his face, because that's what everybody looks at. But usually the back of the Buddha sometimes gets overlooked. No one does that because no one sees it. What's the point? Right? Like, uh, we don't really sweep here, but most monasteries, in Thai monastery, uh, there's a lot of sweeping in the morning. And there is called the, uh, the Abbot's Lane, which is like the stretch of 100 meters in front of the sala that you got 20 people sweeping that. Because why? Everybody, the abbot walks that way. So everybody, oh, I'm there, they're sweeping. <laughs> and then, you know, and then so, so it's kind of, uh, you know, doing good, but also want to be recognized for the good that you do. But no, one's, you know, no one does the sweep in the back of the, the sala. No one does the sweep in the back of the toilets. Because you know, the monk doesn't walk that way. They walk in a certain way, where, where the, uh, the Bindabad route is, and everybody sits around there sweeping, making it look really nice. But any place that the abbot doesn't walk to doesn't get, doesn't get so much attention. So, so much. So, I just want to encourage people that as you, um, you go around about your day, as you walk around, yeah, try to um, uh, pick up things, do things that are not so obvious to other people. Because you know, it goes back to the point is the, the intention, the mind. Everything matters. Your intention matters. Whatever we do starts in the mind. Even no one's looking. When you, do, even when you break your precept, do bad things, no one's looking. But you're there. That counts. And when you do good things, also help. it also works that way. Even no one's looking. Even no one goes, you, knows that you go into the pantry. Just eat a little one biscuit every day. No one's going to miss a biscuit. And no one's going to know. But you'll know. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Right? And it's about the little things that add up. Or just walking around and picking up a tissue. You know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But it's just uh, reflecting on, you know, it's not about something, you know, but the uh, Ajahn Chah or Ajahn um, Jarasar also is, you know, keeping your feet grounded. It's good to aspire to the highest. But in terms of grounding the body in the physical experience, a lot, so much of it is just, you know, where am I and how I can be helpful in a real physical way. And just a lot of times, it's just the little things, you know, shutting the screen door when it's left open, uh, you know, cleaning the toilets when it looks a bit messy, when, it, when it's not even your turn or whatever, or helping out when it's needed. Just the little things, that, you know, that adds up, the little things that um, also, uh, it's a great practice because what the oh, delusion, a sense of self is that always thinking about, you know, about ourself, what we want to do our little projects that we want to get finished. But it's good to kind of expand your awareness around, you know, okay, yeah, I, 
I've got my stuff that I need to work on. But what are the other stuff happening? How can I help? How can I be a, 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 a better friend in the community? How can I help out in different ways to the people around us? And a lot of time it's just, um, I'm, you know, being aware of people needs to uh, help unload the car when they come or whatever. Being, you know, being helpful in the kitchen when people are new and they don't know how to turn on the stove or whatever. Helping them putting up things away. Just the little things like that. Uh, that's something that we uh, focus, be aware of day to day. Um, pick it up, little ladders that's left outside, tools that's left outside when you're walking around or something. Um, yeah, so just the thing that you be grounded because so much of our inclination is to get sucked up into our head and, and stay there. Thinking about all sorts of, you know, different things. But uh, the practice, the encouragement is to, just to be more body-based. Be in the here and now. And incline your mind towards, you know, instead of our own dramas, our narratives we play in our head. That trying to rechange the narrative into how can I be of service? How can I help? What little things I can do to be of service to community, to people around me, different ways. And it doesn't apply it's just because you're in the monastery, even you know, when you're at work, at home. You know, we're always in a social situation. How can I be a bit more helpful? How can I, be, I do the little things around the office that no one looks at? How can I do that? A bit more. So it's about you know, giving up ourselves giving up our energy. And you know, when I do anything with the law of karma, it's whatever you give up, it's what you get in return. And so much of our suffering comes from the holding on, the holding back. And you know, you know a lot of times it's just from habits. And whatever, it's, you know, one o'clock, you had a long day, you're in the kitchen, you want to leave, and someone shows up with a cart full of stuff and wants to help. You're like, oh, so then it's, that's when the practice is like, yes, I could get grumpy, but I'm going to call the bluff in the mind that I don't really need to be back and have a lie down and wait 20 minutes. And how do I stretch that a little bit? Stretch the muscle when it wants to contract. How do I open myself up when it wants to, to, uh, to close down? And that is the present moment the, in the actual experience of the practice. This is where the practice happens. It's not about just sitting thinking about what uh, what's it like to be fully enlightened, what's it like to have the samadhi experience, what's it like to be no self. No self is giving up that thing that you want to do. Because so much of that thing that you hold on to, so much is suffering, so much is views and opinions, so much is just kind of protecting an, an ego and identity. So much is this idea of what you need, how much sleep you need, how much free time you need. If you do something and after you'll get really tired and you won't be able to sleep properly or something. So, so much of our practice is just kind of playing with that boundary, pushing different things. And knowing that is the intention. And hopefully the intention is always to give up, to let go, to accept, to be open when you feel this, this contraction in the mind, in the body, so that you can feel that. And you call that, okay, yeah, I'm feeling this. Why don't I just relax into it? See what happens.
So it's about um, the practicing of, yeah, looking for the little things that are not so obvious. But, you know, like I said, the brassoing, uh, the back of the Buddha, what things people don't notice that you just do, that you know. And it can be just whatever dusting, cleaning the, taking out the trash, dusting the pin or something that no one notices. But, you know, we're all being here, that, that you know, it's just probably not necessary, but just helpful. <coughs> because it's a matter of training the mind, reconditioning it, to always inward looking to the me and myself and my ego and my things I want to do to the, okay, what, how do I expand this awareness outside? How do I make this, you know, instead of just me and my loved ones, how, how do I expand awareness that the everything, everybody around me is part of me, part of my happiness, part of my family. And... Um, What's the other one I was going to point out was um, yeah because sometimes you know yeah people think uh, you know whatever yeah my job here is to be the abbot it's very grand just sitting here pontificating on the wonderful dhammas and that's not how I see myself really truly I see myself more as a caretaker I think why the you know the guy that looks after the grease pit. But that's not where you guys dump the junk out. But on the other end of it, it gets stuck all the time. I have to usually, after the meal, I go, make sure I dig that out. Or pump up the toilet water. That's why I ask my job. Make sure the toilet water is full. The other thing, make sure the, there's power in the solar panels. Make sure that doesn't get clogged out. So the little things, that, you know, make sure that you know, there's one, at least one youth that's working. So it's bits and pieces that just kind of uh, getting the more of the, uh, uh, surprisingly, more the you call the menial thing, menial things of running the monastery, of uh, you know, uh, paying bills on time, making sure insurance and this, and then getting make sure that you know whoever comes, make sure we don't leave them at the gate without having the code, but some you know the, the usual because the day to day things, and and it is it's uh, it is just a care in that way, but at, uh, and uh, but actually at, I see that is. Uh, um, just as important as sitting here and looking very grand in the middle and giving this drama talk. But actually, it's, uh, yeah, it is the job, it is, the, and I like the title, the carer. That's what I do, I care for the monastery. But it's not something that, you know, I only have the, uh, um, the privilege to do. Everybody can be a carer for a place as well. You know, I care for the place, look after it, you know, with love and devotion. Because, you know, and I see it over the time in my, uh, my years being here, and even in the different monastery, yeah, in, in, in terms of the Dhamma, in terms of karma, it's whatever you give, how much you give yourself, it's what you get and so much in return. Because yeah, you see, it's an opportunity to be part of something wonderful. And if, you know, and I know, I've seen you, each one of you, have you ever experienced any peace, any clarity? Any, you know, any kind of uh, experience, any kind of uh, 
moment of awakening from the Dhamma, then you, you know, so much joy comes up, so much happiness brings, so much more beyond the worldly thing of life that uh, the, the, the natural reaction is, yeah, you want to make sure that this thing, this system, this structure is around to allow other people to experience the same thing, the wonderful thing that you've experienced. Yes, we're not, we're not being you know, non-returners and our hunt, but hopefully you've all experienced a measure of happiness, of clarity, of peace, of sense, you know, a feeling of just relief, a relaxation, of being a community that accepts, being a community that's not intentionally going to hurt you, being a community that's going the same direction, that encourages you, encourages restraint, encourages wholesome states, encouraging peace and stillness. And sometimes, yeah, and, and, and that that's, brings a lot of, you know, something not, not to be overlooked, not to be dismissed or taken for granted. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, so it's just not, um, remember the practice is, we do moment to moment, from the moment we wake up to the moment we, are, we lie down. And it doesn't always, you know, Dhamma only, not only takes place, practice, place in the sala, takes place outside in the monastery, it takes place at home, going to work, how you deal with your boss, the co-worker who's annoying you, people who you may disagree with, can you still be gentle with them, can you still be kind, can you still wish them kindness, you, may not have to, you don't have to hang around with them all day long, but you can still say, you know, may you be well, may you, you know, may you be well and happy, may you experience well-being, whatever you do. So it's a sense of, you know, always working in the mind. The sense of uh, the Dhamma is something that expresses itself wherever we are. We don't have to be in a holy place. Sometimes it's helpful. Focus the mind, obviously, if you're in the sala. Focus the mind if you're in the monastery. But really, a true Dhamma is something that you carry around with you everywhere. Something you can cultivate. As long as you are aware, mindful, present, takes this present awareness. And it goes back to the thing. Yeah. Like sometimes I de- define sati. Sati is people, you know, mindfulness. What does that mean? Your mind and you're full. So another definition of mindfulness is, yeah, this ability to be present, but also to care what's happening. This kind of, this metta, this friendliness. You're accepting. You're not just being present, like, oh, I'm going to be here. Really boring, but I don't have to be here. But like, I'm really interested in what's happening here. I want to be here. It's the only place that you can be anyway. But if you put a little metta, a bit of metta, a bit of friendliness into it, things start to open up. You see the beauty of it, where sometimes you see it's just an annoying thing. So you put care to it. Put care in the present moment. So that's mindfulness. A bit of care, present, present awareness, and a bit of care into whatever you're doing. And that grows over time. So as we go on our practice, we move through life, just remember, we're all just carers. Whether you work in the health industry or not, Hopefully, caring for ourselves and caring for the people around us. And that takes, you know, effort. 
It's not easy. It takes awareness. But it is the highest thing that we can aspire to, is to care. So I'll put that for your reflection tonight. <laughs>